The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Wilbur, I'm your host. It's a week 13 recap. We're starting to see a little separation in the NFL. Joining me to break down all the action from Sunday, including an absolute beat down on Sunday night, Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up, boys? Hey, Breach. Brinson Breach and I did HQ just now at the, the wrap-up show. I was watching and listening. Breach, what did you think about the fact that Joe Musso, uh, one of the best host CBS Sports HQ had the absolute cojones to refer to me as Will Brinson with a straight face twice. Well, I thought you were going to walk off the set. That's fully what I expected. So that didn't happen. It was already a mortal victory going forward, but bless Musso's heart. Uh, You know, he thought for sure this was going to be the one day his Bears were going to beat the Packers. It didn't happen. And so was was he trolling or did he just mess up? Someone wrote it on the prompter wrong. He couldn't see the monitor, so he just rolled with it. And I said, Breach, I guess I'm playing the role of Will Brinson. And that's hilarious. Musa threw and, his hands and up. And the producer's like, Breach, talk, talk. Because me and Wilson, and I didn't answer because he talked to Will Brinson. And uh, I was like, I am not answering to Will Brinson. So <laughs> I'm going quiet. Uh, yeah, those, guys, those guys do a good job. It's all right. I don't mind being No, they do. They do a good yeah, job. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Musa, but it was fun. Musa, uh, you know, he's still, he's still getting sea legs under him. He'll, you know, he'll mm-hmm. make two mistakes. He'll get there. He's like uh, he's like Burgundy. Musso will read anything on the prompter. Absolutely anything. All right, we're going to start real quickly with Sunday Night Football. I, I don't think that we need to uh, linger on this game for a lengthy amount of time other than to really talk about just how freaking good the Cowboys are. They dropped the hammer on the Colts, a 50-burger, beating Indianapolis 
54 to 19. What's really crazy about it is that game was 21 to 19 going into the fourth quarter, and the Cowboys scored 33 points in the fourth quarter alone. They would have beaten the Colts and covered against the Colts with just their fourth quarter production. Uh, Stephen Holder of ESPN, who's covered the Colts for a long time, tweets that according to ESPN stats and info, the Colts 33 points in the fourth quarter is the second most fourth quarter points in league history. Ties the 1925 Cardinals and ranks just behind the 2007 Lions, which is not something that I would have guessed. They had 34 points in a fourth quarter. Um, you know, the, the Eagles, and we'll get to them in a second, look dominant as well, Wilson. But man, actually, no breacher. The, I'll get there to you, breach bot. Uh, you know, Eagles look dominant, but the Cowboys are that team that, like, I would not want to play right now if I were, uh, if I were, if I were sliding out the playoffs. Breach bot. 3,000. You know what? I will say real quick. People will wake up tomorrow, see the final scores, 54-19, think the Cowboys absolutely dominated. But I didn't come away from this game thinking the Cowboys were an unstoppable machine. This game was 21-19 going into the fourth quarter. I thought this was more along the lines of Matt Ryan had a midlife crisis during this game and mm -hmm. melted down than it was the Cowboys stopping the Colts. Now, granted, you win 54-19, you win 54-19, you are awesome. But I didn't have a huge takeaway and walk out of this thinking the Cowboys were invincible because this happened. To me, it was more along the lines of the Colts are a bad team. They played like that the bad team. We thought they are going to be the whole game, except they only did that in the fourth quarter. You know, Matt Ryan throws interceptions. He loses fumbles. Uh, they give up a fumble return for a touchdown. So to me, this spoke more to how bad the Colts are than how good the Cowboys are or can be. No, I think that that's right. It was 23-13 at the half, and you could argue the Cowboys were leading. You could argue that the, the Colts very easily could have been up, if not for another of all those turnovers that you talked about. And Sully and I talked about this at halftime for HQ, and Sully made a good point. He, you know, the first quarter or the first half, Dak had an interception. Last six games since he's come back from the injury, he has had an interception all those games, all in the first half. And that's what gets you a little nervous, like the sort of the silly plays that allows bad teams to, to hang around. I mean, I think we'd all agree the Colts played one of their best halves of football in recent memory, and the the Cowboys, while not their worst half, was sort of just sort of like a, a cat messing around with a rabbit, like just having fun until they decided to to end it like they did in the fourth quarter. Uh, it was good to see the Cowboys come out, to your point, Brinson, and just floor it. And, and as Breach pointed out to me earlier, that they didn't floor it until the fourth quarter. Fair enough. But at no point did I feel like the Colts were going to win this football game. I think they were – well out in front of their skis the first half, and then they tumbled down the mountain the last 15 minutes of that football game. And just for the sake of being merciful this time of year, how about we tell Matt Ryan he can retire now and we don't have to watch him play anymore and he's going to go out there and be frustrated and throw eight interceptions a game. Not entirely his fault, but that's where we're at, and, and it's not fun to watch. And, and Brinson, I'll ask you this. Uh, you think Jeff Saturday is going to get the full-time job? <laughs> was, that a, was that a dunk on me or just a, a joke about Jeff Saturday? <laughs> No, why? Did you say that at some point? Uh, I was saying I, I think Jim Mercy wants to give it to him. Um, no, but do you think he'll get it? I, don't, I was talking more about Saturday in general, not you in particular. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that. I mean, I think that. I, I think. I think what this like what this shows, and you know, you heard the you heard Chris Chris Collinsworth and Mike Tarico talk about it. They were saying Dan Quinn had talked about it. It's like you can't just jump in mid season and figure out how to be a head coach in the NFL with no prior coaching experience as a, as a, like a realistic, realistic head coaching experience, because there's so much stuff that you have to like learn, you know, we have the timeout situation and then it's, I, I do wonder, I do think that like, if they are completely embarrassed, you know, the rest of the way and they had that, you know, they went against the, the Raiders, obviously that was, that was big. I mean, I still think Jim Mercer wants to hire him, but I think if they're completely embarrassed that it will be a difficult sell 
um, to to pull that off, especially when you know you're now saying to like Chris Ballard, the GM, hey, we're hiring. Like if you, just hypothetically, if you hired, him, you're saying, hey, look, we're hiring my guy, and your job is dependent on how you do with Jeff Saturday. You know, like I would probably I would consider walking away if I was Chris Ballard, and that was the case. Even though you know you don't want to give up, certainly don't want to give up you know GM money and the GM job. There's not many of them. Um, I'm still not sold that Jim Mercy won't just hire him. And I also think that at this point, it may be difficult to entice other candidates to that Colts job. No, because that's, of, that's a good job. Is it? Yeah, they they uh, won a lot of football games despite Jim Irsay. I think just fired Frank Wright in midseason. I mean, they don't have they don't pay Manning or Andrew Luck anymore. Like I don't know. Well, Frank I, Wright I, didn't do a good job. I, Jim Irsay himself said that Frank Wright did a good job. Okay, I think we can all agree that Frank Reich was probably on the hot seat for a long time, and that's why he got fired. But I think the one good thing about the Colts job, whether no matter how you feel about the current rosters, it's constructed because you might feel like there are a few issues, uh, is that you're in the AFC South. And so you're going to feel like you have – there's no dominant team. Obviously, the Titans are winning it, but they're not going 14-3. and three. They're not the Chiefs. They're not the Bills. And so you feel like if you get that job, you can go in and, and compete instantly and at least have a chance of winning it, uh, even if your talent – doesn't stack up to the rest of the AFC. And I'm going to push back on Frank Reich's been in the hot seat for a long time. I mean, he's had, he's had, he had one season where he was below 500. That was 2019. A long well, time this season, not the, not the entirety of his career there. I'm talking about over the course of the season, it became yeah, more and more clear that he was out. So, okay. I mean, Ursay can say he did well, but Ursay also said Jeff Saturday's qualified for this job. Right. Um, anyway, we, we, let's not leave with the Colts. They stink. Um, however, the, I mean, like, where do you slot the Cowboys at? in the NFC here's where I'm at on the Cowboys and, and I was someone mentioned in the chat where was my U.S. men's national team gear shout out to the U.S. men's national team for a hard-fought loss to the Dutch team yes. but the reason I bring that up is because Brinson as you well know I am no huge fan of the U.S. men's national team coach Greg Berhalter sure. and he got them through the group stage yay for that but I sort of equate him and Mike McCarthy because here's where I come down on both those guys coaches you can sort of live with because you have great players around him they elevate the coach to some degree do you trust Mike McCarthy and or Greg Berhalter when the game's on the line? And that's the question that I have. No. And that's why I get a little nervous when we want to put them up high. Now, look, the Minnesota Vikings, we'll talk about them in a little bit. They win every game by one or two points. But I certainly trust their new coaching staff to do the right thing over Mike McCarthy, who has proven himself to, to make some harebrained decisions at the worst possible moment. So I love the Cowboys on paper. I do have a little concern, some concerns, minimal concerns, about Dak Prescott and the turnovers that, uh, in the first half of these games. But I don't trust Mike McCarthy, and that's what keeps me from saying they'll they'll make a deep run. Yeah, I think the one thing, though, for me is that, look, and this is just a snapshot today, things change rapidly. Well, again, we'll get to the 49ers in a second. But, like, I mean, who who's scaring you in the NFC now? You know? Where in the NFC? Yeah. I You know what? Breach – wasn't happy with it. Well, he was as unhappy as Breach can be. I don't hate the four. I got more in the, on the 49ers now than I was like, before Jimmy got hurt. Okay, that's that's like I'm talking myself that's, into the that's 49ers. Mistake. Don't talk yourself on the 49ers. You'll they be brought, sorry, boys. Brought, I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, I think Kyle Shanahan can work. You know what? Let's just let's just shift to that game um, or shift to the injury stuff because Lamar Jackson got hurt. Uh, his is, is uh, what did John, Har John Harbaugh called it uh, days or weeks. Yeah, it's pretty vague. Is day to week, week to day? Like, imagine calling your boss tomorrow. I'm going to be out of days or weeks. 
Brinson doesn't have to imagine. He doesn't know. I know. I, I, I did imagine. It. Sounds amazing. Brinson goes um, AWOL for days or weeks. Tua got dinged up, and uh, but I, I think the the initial reporting is that he should be fine. And then of course Jimmy Garoppolo out for the season. Like those three injuries, and Tua again, we we think Tua will be fine. Those three injuries are like cataclysmic. Like the cataclysmic cliff. I can't say the word. Cataclysmic. Thank you. Um, Breach, you can say a word that Brinson can't. Yes. I knew it was Susan trying to come out of my mouth and knew I'd be able to say it. I you get the sound that sound bite of Brinson. I was, like, oh my God. I was like, what else works? It, it just shifts the landscape so dramatically in the NFC because the 49ers were coming on strong and they still won, right? And, and that's good. They beat the Dolphins. Uh, the final score there was 33-17. Christian McCaffrey looked awesome. Brock Purdy played played pretty freaking well coming in for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it's a testament to that system. 25-37, 2-10, two touchdowns and a pick. But we're still talking about Mr. Irrelevant here. Um, and you look at the numbers. Kyle Shanahan, the quarterback wins notwithstanding. Like Jimmy Garoppolo does a really good job in that system. Tua Tunga Vailoa probably had his worst game in a couple of months. Weeks. It was five. What was he? Eight, five and oh, eight. No, whatever it was, since he came back from the concussion as a starter, played the full game. So that was his first loss. Um, yeah. So well, he, I can, he didn't finish the game either, did he? So technically, if, so he gets out to get a loophole. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. Dolphins fans are already tweeting about that. Um, I, I think we can safely toss Tua out of the MVP race. Christian McCaffrey, just 3.9 yards per carry, but um, looked pretty good and, and very strong in the receiving game. Eight catches on 10 targets, 80 yards and a touchdown, including a, a game ceiling. Uh, 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 play from scrimmage i mean it's just like the 49ers were becoming the darling of the nfc and it was like sort of they were going to play the eagles in the in the nfc championship game like it was almost a fait accompli and now wilson you apparently like them more yeah this is the perfect time for me to promote my podcast with the first pick you can check it out wherever you get your podcast breach spotify itunes Google Podcast Machine, YouTube channels, the Pick Six Podcast. Uh, subscribe. New uh, show tomorrow with me and Rick Spielman talking about the conference championship games. But I mentioned all that because as the junior draft analyst on the Pick Six Podcast, I went back and checked my notes on Brock Purdy coming out of Iowa State, and I had him as I had him graded. He was QB twelve, so didn't have him graded high. Had him as a late day three guy, undrafted free agent. Ended up going Mr. Irrelevant as Princeton mentioned, which is the very last player taken in that particular draft class. And I went back and looked at the notes and. The issue was last year, two years ago, he actually balled out. Like he actually played some really good football and there was top 150 conversation that if he sort of parlayed that into last season's. It was uh, like Heisman sleeper conversation in like first round. And then last year, the wheels just fell off. But I went back looking at the notes like uh, part of the issue was he made some bad decisions. Uh, decision-making was suspect. He would try to fit every ball into every tight window imaginable last season. That said, he made a lot of off-platform throws. He threw accurately on the move. He gave his uh, receivers chances to catch the ball and run after the catch um, a lot of times. And um, what else did he do? And da, 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 da. Oh, and he threw with anticipation. All things that seem to work in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Now, look, I'm not saying they're a better football team now than they were with Jimmy G. But as our guy Stephen O noted after doing 4 trillion simulations, the 49ers went from 11.3 wins to 11 wins without Jimmy G. So, I don't think that's so much as an indictment on Jimmy G as it is that you could fit a quarterback into the system because there's so many other complimentary pieces around him, starting with Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and, and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk, and that lights out world-best defense. And I, I think that's the takeaway because you're not losing Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes. You're losing a guy who lost his job over the offseason because Kyle Shanahan didn't love him. 
And that said, Jimmy G was playing some of the best football of his career, no doubt about it. He'll get a job somewhere to be a starter next year, no doubt about that. But I think at the end of the day, and this is what I told Breach on, on, on HQ, they're going to win the division. I, I love Seattle, but I don't think Seattle's going to run them down. And I think they have a chance to win one game. Beyond that, in the, in the playoffs. Beyond that, all bets are off. Uh, and I'll just add in real quick. This is where the part where Wilson and I disagreed. Although the regular season winning percentage does not change much when you go to Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo. I get that. The, the win playoff total. percentages go way down. The Super Bowl percentage in particular goes down 20%. And that's what it goes from down from 10% to 8%. That's, and that's, that's 2%, but yes. Uh, 2% of 10% is one fifth. So it drops. It's a 20% drop, Brenton. Do we need to do a math? Lesson live on air. Oh, oh, we can't say cataclysmic. No, you can't, you can't do math. It drops twenty percent because it drops two point seven percent. Right. I'm giving a rough estimate. I, I no, no. I, I I agree with you. We agree with you. Right, listen, we don't need to be particular. I ain't gonna lie. I'm getting cooked. <laughs> I, I agree with you. It, that, that's that, the point. Focus on not the wins because they can win the games and the schedule is easy enough. They have they, they can win the games without Jimmy G. Right, but once you get to the postseason, it's a whole different animal, especially when you're starting a rookie quarterback. You, For one, a rookie quarterback has never won the Super Bowl. so And there's a reason for that. It's high-pressure situations every single week. It's a lot to put a rookie into. Uh, and historically, they fail miserably once you get to the postseason. So like Wilson said, I do agree they probably still win the division. But I would be – I was going to say shocked, maybe stunned. One of those two if they get to the Super Bowl. And I'd be surprised if they even get to the NFC title game. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, if you're picking teams that you expect to meet in the Super Bowl, you would you're – pick, you're picking somebody to come out of the NFC. I think you probably have San Francisco fourth um, at, at most with the Brock Purdy situation, right? I mean, that's you're asking a lot of a dude who is the last pick of the NFL draft to come in and, and, and work. And, like, it, it is always easier, too, to come in off the bench and to sort of, you know – to like jump in and, and just sort of, you know, there's no, you're not, you don't have time to prepare. You don't have time to think about it. Like it's, you're sort of like, you know, uh, like just, it, it just kind of, you just kind of, your brain takes over. You just kind of do what you naturally used to doing and, and, and work in the playbook. I think having to get the pressure of the playoffs and, and, and all of that would be, uh, it's just too much for him. I think, I mean, I would go Philly, Minnesota, Tampa, Dallas over San Francisco. No, no, not, not partic no particular order uh, with Brock Purdy in there versus with Jimmy G in there. Personally. I would, I would, Swap Tampa and San Francisco in no particular order. I, I mean, I'm just going to take Tom Brady. I'm so that's fine. I'm so far. Tom out. Brady versus Brock Purdy. Who's winning that wild Brock, card? Brock I mean, Purdy. And this is how like Wilson's like. Hey, you know, the, the 49ers got better today, and uh, Brock Purdy's. By the no, way, stinks, I, didn't, I didn't say that. I was quite honest with what I said. It stinks that we don't get Jimmy G versus Tom Brady next week. By the way, that's that's lame. Um, oh my goodness, I forgot I mean, about that. Handsome. So, the, the, the biggest paid us the biggest issue maybe with this Lamar Jackson injury if it is weeks is that the Bengals are rolling right now and uh I think I heard you say that you're a pretty good bet to win the uh division right breach my favorite bet to win the division ah you know what Wilson called me out on uh HQ even though he called me out for the wrong reason using the wrong facts I well, I said, I think the Bengals were going to make the playoffs and I think they were going to beat the Chiefs. And you made it sound like I did not think that. Uh, my issue was that the Ravens have the easiest remaining schedule. But as we saw on Sunday, anyone can lose anyone. They almost lost to Denver. But look, this just has a very strong feeling to the, the similarities to last season. It just fe it feels like the Bengals 
they start 0 and 2. They're kind of slept on. They, they're 5 and 4 at their bye. Everyone's kind of disrespecting them and and just you forget about them. You forget they exist. And everybody's talking about the Chiefs and the Bills. Last year, all anyone was saying was that that divisional playoff game between the Chiefs and the Bills was the the facto Super Bowl, the facto AFC title game. And so once again, it happened. And then we see Kansas City go into Cincinnati. We see Joe Burrow absolutely outplay Patrick Mahomes. We see the, the Bengals uh, look phenomenal on offense. We see their defense once again clamp down on Mahomes when they had to. You know, you're not going to shut Patrick Mahomes down for an entire game, but they, they did it when they needed to. And uh, what do we see again? We saw the Bengals win. So this really, uh, man, this entire game was insane and awesome. And you know what? I'll just let you guys have the floor. So, I can so they up. actually have sort of shut down Mahomes. I mean, he hasn't thrown for 300 yards against them in the last three games, right? He had 74 uh, yards in the first half passing. Travis Kelsey didn't catch a pass in the first half. Travis Kelsey had that insane fumble. I mean, you could point to every game has three or four plays unless you're the Colts, in which are 50 plays. But, you know, the <laughs> Travis Kelsey fumble led to a touchdown. Harrison Bucker misses the 55-yard field goal. Joseph Asai, who didn't play at all last year, I don't think, breached. Had that huge sack to set up the 55-yard field goal against Mahomes. Easily the biggest play of his career. Uh, and then Samaje Ryan, again, reiterating the point that, and no disrespect to Joe Mixon, you don't need to draft a running back in the first or second round or pay them a lot of money in their second contract. When guys like Samaje Ryan, a fourth-round pick, just comes in and runs for 106 yards, five yards per carry, and there were no answers. It's not like he's Saquon Barkley in terms of shaking guys. He just runs over guys. He can catch the football. And I, I think the takeaway, you know, we used to make fun of the, the Bengals for the longest time about the practice facility and the lack of scouting staff. Uh, Duke Tobin, Duke to, uh, Tobin, excuse me, has done a, a great job of finding players to compliment Joe, uh, Joe Burrow. And the, I mean, Joe Burrow is unflappable. One day he will be as good as Kenny Pickett. He's not there yet, but he is as close <laughs> as you're going to get. Um, do you know, what, do you know, do you know how many rushing yards Samaji P Ryan? So he owns the record for most rushing yards ever in a single college football game. Do you know what the number is? 289. What'd you say, Breach? 312. 427. Oh my God. And he broke true. it. And he broke it. The guy, Melvin Gordon actually set the record the week before. And then P. Ryan broke it. Um, he was like a like I think people thought he'd be pretty good coming out of you know coming out of Oklahoma. And then he just he just taken a while. Now he's he's a fantastic backup. The Bengals are, and the point of that is that the Bengals are like deep. Like the Bengals are are the Bengals have a really good roster across the board, and Joe Burrow is just a, like I don't agree with this take, and I don't think we should. It's all somebody tweeted it was like, all right, every time the Chiefs lose, we don't have to do a whole. I would take so and so over Mahomes if I was starting a franchise, and I don't think you would take Mahomes over Joe Burrow if you were starting a franchise. Um, I would still take Mahomes. I think still take Josh Allen, but I think I think Joe Burrow is right there. And I've been saying that for two years. Like Joe Burrow is the coolest mf'er on the planet when it comes to icing in, in in big spots. Like he has no conscience. He has ice pouring through his veins. It, it, it's a shame, borderline shame that you know. Like I, I actually I don't want to say it's a shame because Cincinnati doesn't deserve him. I think you guys you guys deserve something good, and I'm glad that you got Joe Burrow. And, and he's he's like. You know, people are like, don't go play for Cincinnati. He's like, F that, man. Like, I'm just going to go wherever I go, I win. Like, I'm going to go win. And and that's all, it's all he knows how to do. Um, it, it, I think it's interesting, too, how the parallels to last year as well, in the sense that they started slow because of a Burrow injury. The offense didn't get going. And, and then you see just like, you got Pirine, you got Mixon in the run game. You have, I mean, like, T. Higgins is a, T, we talked about this last week. Like, I'm, I, 
I'm I'm gonna be mad at myself forever for flipping on T Higgins and not just like saying he's a stud and, and you know and um obviously Jamar Chase had that crazy one-handed catch that like didn't count for anything. They have dude like Tyler Boyd had a terrible drop, but they they have dudes and they they're not scared of the Chiefs. They match up well with the Chiefs. And like there's a decent chance if they can steal this division from Baltimore, which they can. They're now at uh at do you know what the odds are? Have you looked at them? Uh I have not. I would say what Cincinnati's like plus one ten. Very close, plus one twenty. Baltimore minus one forty. Huge shift from you know, and I not not a surprise with Lamar injury, but I mean like I think Cincinnati's a pretty decent bet, even at plus money. I know their schedule's tougher. But, and a big reason for that, again, the, the the reason the Ravens are favored, even though they just lost Lamar Jackson, the Bengals are still plus money, is because if they finish with the same record, the Ravens are almost certainly going to win the tiebreaker, yeah. even if the Bengals beat them uh, in the finale. If the Ravens go 2-2 two and two in their final four division games, they they hold all division tiebreakers over the Bengals. Yeah, Bengals are 1-3 and three in the division somehow. They're still mind-boggling, and the Ravens are 2-0. And I mean, the Bengals had the Browns next week. I mean, obviously Deshaun Watson's back. He looked like crap, but like they they've owned the Browns have owned Joe Burrow for some weird reason. Um, the Ravens, Steelers, Steelers. Ooh, who wins that game? Well, here's the thing: we're talking about the backup quarterback. Skylar Thompson came in for for Tua. Obviously, we talked about Brock Purdy. Brett Hundley is a pretty good Tyler Hundley. Yeah. Tyler Hundley, Brett Hundley, yeah, yes, uh, Tyler Brett Hundley, Hundley the podcast, by the way, yeah, Tyler Hundley's a, a pretty good representation of, of Lamar Jackson. So, and we saw glimpses of that late in that game against uh, a pitiful Broncos team. So, it'll be interesting. Like, there's a drop off, no doubt about it, but it's not a huge drop off as from Jimmy G to Purdy or um, from from Tua, of course, to to Skyler. And we don't know what Tua's situation is going to be next week. Yeah, I mean, this the schedule for the Bengals is just brutal. So, I mean, like, I still think the, I mean, yeah. I'll probably I got a bunch of Ravens to win the division um, from earlier in the year. I'll probably shave some off and grab a little uh, Bengals at plus money just to make sure I'm I'm covered and, and don't get forced. You know, it is brutal. It is brutal. But you know, when we were talking about it last week, it included the Chiefs, and that was part of the brutalness. And they've won one of these brutal games already. They're going to be favored over the Browns. They're going to be favored probably over the Buccaneers. I think they're they gonna, have to beat the Browns. They're going to be favored over the Patriots. Uh, the Bills hey. game. It's at home in prime time. Maybe they're favored. Hey, Breach, who, who was it worried last week? Let's just make sure we're on the record. They're not, they're not favored over the Bills, Breach. Stop it. At home? Prime time? Wilson. They may be. One's over Wilson? Breach, Pick. answer the question just so we're on the record. What's that? Last week, who was not worried about the, the Bengals' chances? You. Thank you. Well, I mean, I had to be worried. I, I'm not going to assume a win over the Kansas City Chiefs. I picked the Chiefs to win. I think you picked the Chiefs to win, and I think... Did Brinson, did you pick the Chiefs to win? I picked the, the Bengals. Right, I picked the Bengals to win. Wilson also picked the Bengals to win. Wait, wait, what? Yeah. You both you both picked the Bengals to win. Yeah, hey. we know football. That's why I'm leading the, the CBS. Oh, so did I, suckers. Oh, oh! Up high, down hard. We all three went 10-3-1 uh, this week. Wow. Tell them to bring me my money. Yeah. Amen. Uh, eight and six against the spread. We all had the uh, Wilson seven and seven. Do we all copy each other's homework this week? Oh, Wilson, you guys are trying to copy me. Yeah, crushing you, nerds. So obviously, we all like the Bengals in this spot. Uh, and, and you know, it was just again, we already mentioned P Ryan a little bit, but Mixon wasn't there and P Ryan was awesome. And when they didn't have Jamar Chase, somebody else steps up. And Brenton, you mentioned how much depth they've had. The, the offensive line is playing a lot better. And I think that's another big part of this is they have now had uh, 
13 weeks to gel. Uh, you know, when, when Joe Burrow's taking five or six sacks in week one and getting beaten up in week two, there's a little worry about, is this guy going to survive the season? They're 0-2. Things don't look good. Uh, but now you're 8-4. and four. The line looks much better. Uh, the lot of chemistry with Burrow and his weapons. And, man, this team looks really really good i think they look better right now than they did at this point last year breach let me ask you quickly 30 seconds and then brinson you can ask, answer 30 seconds as well what should happen to the Bengals for cheating the way they did when jesse bates fell down when he got Ooh. someone shot him with a bb gun in the butt to keep from getting 12 men on the field well that's funny because i think uh mike florio reported on yeah, Sunday night. suspensions, fines, draft picks, all, all kinds of crazy stuff. And if that memo got sent out on Friday, which means the Bengals were aware of it and every other team in the NFL was aware of it, and then they turned around and did this two days later, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the M NFL drops a hammer just to make an example. Five game suspension for Joe Burrows. <laughs> That's fair. Just cheating. That's what I want. That's my answer. But then this has always been a sensitive topic because you've got to prove that someone – wasn't injured. You've got to absolutely. Did you see it. the clip? Yeah, I saw the clip. Jesse makes somebody points at him, like, and then he just he just drops on the ground and then walks off. He's like, you can prove he wasn't injured. Yeah. If he were a wrestler, he would have been fired for lack of acting. Yeah, there's no acting. Like at no point, they like Jesse Bates' is questionable return with, with like a fake. But, but, I mean, yes, it was that obvious that I would not. That's why I just said I think the the, the NFL might end up making. They have to trade Joe Burrow for Kenny Pickett. That's the punishment. No, for Matt Canada, that's the punishment. We, we <laughs> get both Kenny Pickett and. Joe but what do you do? Well, are you going to suspend the player? Are you going to dock the team draft picks? Apparently, that's what this memo said. I think you just. I think you find them heavily and see how see how teams react to that. They have to practice outdoors for the rest of the season. <laughs> They did that for the last Jesse Bates 59 to 60 years. So Jesse Bates has to eat three bowls of, of Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati chili before five minutes before a game. Yeah, five minutes before the game. No, in between kickoff and the time he goes on the field. It has oh, to be like, oh God. All right, um, what's next? I, I, I sort of ran through it by the way, and I had um just I mean, very conservatively, but I had both Bengals and the Ravens going ten and seven. Ooh, not good for Cincy then. That's not about right. Uh I don't know, man. I, I think – I don't know what's going on with Lamar, even with Lamar's healthy. That's two and three for the Bengals in their past final five games. Lamar hasn't played great no recently. He might be injured, and the Harbaugh finds ways to lose these games at the end. And to Breach's point, the Bengals are – it feels like last year. It feels like they could even be better than last year, which is a weird thing. I had him, I had him losing to the – I had him losing – I had him beating the Browns and losing to the Bucks. I mean, Pats and Bills. They're not losing to the Bucks. I don't understand, guys. Well, stop well, it with the Bucks. Losing to the Bucks, like it's what are you talking about? I will bet a year's. I'll pay for a year your head hair plugs if the Buccaneers beat the Bengals. I am not worried about that game in any fashion. Okay, Same I way. mean, do you? I mean, I'll tell you what. I'll bet. I'm not. I love how you're arguing with yourself and losing. <laughs> well, it's just you're just. I mean, it's just a crazy. It's like a crazy take. Like anybody can lose to anybody in this year's NFL. Like that's. A... This is the one game. This is my survival league pick. Bengals on the road at the Bucks. Can't wait to see what happens and how Wilson. I, I just told you. I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Deshaun Watson's revenge game was, uh, I would say, like um, creepy. God. Yeah, it was pretty weird. Don't really even like the whole thing, but the Browns won 27-14 in Houston. The Texans fall to one ten and one. They are laser locked on that first pick, first overall pick. Nick Chubb. And Kareem Hunt ran the ball well. Deshaun Watson was not impressive. 12 of 22, 131 yards, a pick, and 53.4 uh, passer rating. The Browns' defense or special teams 
their DST, if you're in the fantasy world, scored three touchdowns, which is basically how the Browns won. Otherwise, they would have gotten re revenge taken on them by Houston. Um, yeah, there you go. Look, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. By the way, if you're, if you're watching, smash the like button. If we get enough likes, we'll give away some Paramount Plus gift cards. Uh, Deshaun Watson, that's the worst passer rating of his NFL career. Third worst passing yard total and a fifth worst, fifth, fifth worst completion percentage of his career, 55. Um, Wilson, how indicative of like what we think we'll see from Deshaun the rest of the way uh, was this performance and or isn't this sort of what we thought we might get? Not, no, this isn't what we thought we'd get. We just thought he'd be rusty. Cause well, yeah, I was going to say, we're rarely right about a lot, but you know, blind people understand that Deshaun Watson was going to be terrible. And I think Deshaun said after the game, when he refused to answer questions about all the other stuff that he feels like he hadn't played in 700 days, which is what it's amounted to. And I suspect we'll continue to see this and the Browns are done for the year. I don't know if you're still of the opinion that you shut Deshaun Watson down until next year. I don't know. You're done for the year. Are they done uh, for the year? Yes, they are. This team is not good. Um, I know that they have a penchant for beating the Bengals and maybe they end up beating Cincinnati, but it won't be because of Deshaun Watson. It'll be because of all the fluky other things that happened in this Houston game to allow them to, to score the points they scored. Uh, I think it's a bigger indictment of the Houston Texans in, in terms of how bad this football team is. Um, but I don't think there are any surprises. I mean, this I'd be more surprised if instead of going 12 for 22, Deshaun went 18 to 22 for 250 yards with two touchdowns yeah. and no interceptions. Yeah. I mean, they could win. They've got four wins. I don't, I don't think they'll beat the Bengals, although they've had success. I mean, they, I mean, they could win their final five games. It, it's well, very unlikely. could, but they're not, there's a 1% chance they win their final five games. Okay. Do you think it's higher than that? Um, no, winnable. <laughs> it's a very winnable stretch of games, is all I'm saying. Did you see them play today? Uh, yes, Deshaun will get if they were playing literally any team besides yes. the Texans, the they would have lost. The Colts right. beat them by 30 points. Yeah, Jeff Saturday is <laughs> Jim Mercy is on a tweet store right now. This was now, the most points any team has ever scored in a game without scoring an offensive touchdown since 1999. That's a good stat. That's which is also when the Browns were brought back. And Wilson, your favorite team was involved in that game, just so you know. 19, oh, was that the uh, Texans-Steelers game? That was 2002. That, that was the one where uh, one team had like 450 yards, so yards. This one, that was Seahawks 29-10 over Steelers 1999. Seahawks scored 29 without scoring oh, okay. the offense. Yeah, I remember that. And years game. later, you got your revenge in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that 02 game yeah. was, was very frustrating to watch. Revenge Tommy Maddox games. in the house. Um, okay. Let's take a break. When we come back, are the Lions... Lions. Gonna f around and make the playoffs. Come back and find out. Next. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus 15% off your first order with code Odyssey. So head to B-O-L-L -L and branch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. All right, Wilson, I'll ask you, are the Lions going to F around and make the playoffs? I said this on it. Play to win. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Disrespectful Jim Moore Sr., but uh, yeah, Billy's on the Got carpal tunnel from hitting the button so much. Yeah. Uh, but I said it's a breach uh, on HQ post game. We were doing the look around to the the playoffs and five and seven breach has breached pointed out because he always likes to point out when I'm wrong in public, which I don't particularly agree with. But whatever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Wilson. Detroit does have to win out. I mean, they have to get a ten wins. But as I've been saying for year two years now, Dan Campbell. I don't know if he can coach. But you want to run through a wall for that guy, and the, and the team plays hard for him. They played hard for him last year when they weren't very good, when they started 0-9-1 and or whatever it was. And they're playing hard for him now, and they're actually playing really good football. DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams has 14 freaking touchdowns. Leads the and NFL. Leads the NFL. DeAndre Swift's playing well. Amon Ross St. Brown is one of the best young white Well, listen, listen, DeAndre Swift played well today for the first time in, all, in, in, in quite some time. Yes. Amon Ross St. Brown is one of the best young wide receivers in football. The defense has work to do. But I think the most important person on that team right now is Jared Goff. And I already heard you say on HQ, so don't, 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 you don't, yeah, need- they're, they're not drafting a, a quarterback. He's 28 years old. It would be idiotic to draft a quarterback in the first round, at least, and expect him to play next year when Jared Goff is doing the things that Jared Goff is doing. I, I think that he is a huge part of this team's success offensively. Defensively, they have gotten better because, I mean, they could have gotten worse. I want them to go to the playoffs, but as, as Breach, you know, through caution to the wind there. They have or, a very friendly schedule. Yeah, but they, they have to win. They got to they gotta run it out. And I don't know the last time they won five games in a row, but it wasn't recently. Wait, the Lions have a friendly schedule? I they mean, can go 0-2 in their next two games. Yeah, but after that, it's probably friendly. I mean, you're you're playing Kirk Cousins. Oh, gosh, that's not friendly. What are you doing? Uh, they're 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 playing they're the 1 o'clock wonder, Kirk Cousins, yes. at 1 o'clock. Then you, have, then you have Mike White, Sam Darnold. Justin Fields is, is making things tough, but like they could beat the Bears, obviously at home, and then at the Packers, who not, not easy, but I well, I would be surprised if Aaron Rodgers playing Week 18. And just to Wilson's point, real quick, the reason I think they have to go five and oh is because if they go even just four and one, that gets them to nine and eight. But if the Giants and Commanders get to nine wins, they go nine seven and one, and obviously they are in. Uh, yeah. you know, so the Commanders would just have to go two and three down the stretch. The Giants would have right, to go and, two- and one of the one of Washington or the Giants is getting a W. Right, because they, they play, play each other. Time, yes. Right. So it, it just nine and eight is probably not getting you in if you're the Lions. It, it's pretty wild how just a few weeks ago we were like, I mean, not not that we were saying Dan Campbell should be fired, but I know, wasn't. No, nobody was. But going into, you know, they lose that Dolphins game. I mean, they've won. What did this year? They lost the they lost the Bills, but they've won what uh, three of their four of their last five games. They should have beaten the Bills. They had a chance to beat the Bills. Absolutely. And. I mean, it's just like, I mean, they were like, yeah, they were one in like one in six, right? Whatever it was. And it's like, man, this sucks. Dan Campbell's, you know, gets his team to play hard. 
He's, you know, I, I, we don't know if he's a great coach, but like you say, Wilson, he's a great motivator. Um, he's good for what the Lions need right now. He pours his heart and soul into every freaking game. And it, it felt like he just was, they just weren't winning in these close games. And now they're starting to, they pulled some of them off. This one wasn't close. They beat the Jaguars 40 to 14. I, I, yeah, I look, I think, I don't think it's off the table. It's just a really unlikely chance that it actually happens. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's fun for that Those team. It's fun for those fans, and it'll be fun to watch if they can get going. Uh, Five thirty-eight pegs them at eight percent chance to make the playoffs. Really, the Raiders are sixteen. Huh. Browns and the Lions have the exact same percentage to make the playoffs. Actually, yeah, eight percent. That should give you some idea why the Browns aren't going to the playoffs. Well, I mean, you, you got to run the table. I mean, yeah, that's just the bottom line. If you got to run the table, it's difficult to make the playoffs. But if they finish, if they finish nine and eight, then that is Dan Campbell should should we bet Dan Campbell coach of the year? You can. We have odds on that available. We're up right now. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm ready to jump. I mean, Campbell's doing awesome. I'm not sure I'm ready to jump on the. I just think people the if, if they win if they win nine games, he's going to get rewarded by the media. People. I agree. Got some work to do. Okay. All right. Next up. By the way, stinky game for the Jaguars, but the overhead, so that's good. A notice I didn't talk about Trevor Lawrence. He got hurt. Came back. What's next? Okay. Uh, I don't know what he, what is AJ Brown's real name. What is his full name? I should know that. Antonio Jameson Brown. Arthur Juan Brown Senior. That's close. Is a damn man. I mean, my God, what is he's an animal? Like, there, I don't think there's like a, I don't think he's the best wide receiver in football, but just in terms of someone who, when you, when he, I don't know, just when he gets the ball in his hands, or you like, you know, he, he's just like just the most imposing physical presence out there. And he, you can say whatever you want. You can say revenge games aren't real. They are. Who would and say AJ that? Brown that's, that's his. A- What's that? Who would say that? Revenge games are real. I mean, everyone knows that. Brenton. EK says it. RJ. They're not real. I mean, he just, Wilson just said it. This is, he literally said, this is personal for me. I circled this game. This is a revenge game for the team trading him. Like that's all it's plain and simple. Very obvious. Um, And he went off against the, his old team, the Tennessee Titans, Philly won 35, 10, absolutely truck sticked him. A.J. Brown, 10 targets, 8 catches, 119 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Would have had more if the Eagles hadn't just pulled back. Jalen Hurts, 29-39, 380 and 3 touchdowns. Did Philly get its mojo back here, Breach? Um, You know what? I would say absolutely yes. So, you know, look, I live in Nashville. I watch the Titans all the time. The Titans always come in well-prepared. They are a hard team to blow out just because they play – Discipline football. We saw them play the Kansas City Chiefs earlier this year with a backup quarterback. They took Kansas City to overtime. We saw them play the Bengals last week. That was a game they could have won. Uh, they only lose by four. Then they go into Philadelphia and they get their clock clean. This game was never close. Philadelphia was 10 times better. I have never seen the Titans beaten like this. I mean, certainly not this season. They lost to the Bills 41 7 in week two, but this beating was different. It was just, it had the feel of they didn't deserve to be on the field with the Eagles. I, I it mean, was that's, the snowball game. It, they got the, the Titans got manhandled here. And that's really what it comes down to. Derek Handle had more rushing yards than Derek Henry. 
against that the Eagles team not- that struggled against the run, and the Titans didn't score in the second half. I mean, whoo. Well, the one thing I will say, though, is that I really feel like it was a statement game for Jalen Hurts because a lot of times, look, people say, oh, well, what if we shut down Philadelphia's running game uh, and make Jalen Hurts beat us? Uh, well, we can see what Jalen Hurts can do because he just threw for 380 yards and three touchdowns. And so he's proven uh, against a well-coached defense that he can throw when he needs to. Granted, the Titans don't have the best secondary, uh, but I do think this was a statement win for Philly. And it really says, look, if people are debating whether we're the best team in the NFC, the NFC and maybe the best team in the NFL, yes, we are. This is our argument. Yeah, it feels sort of like the Bills, who had that little valley a few weeks ago, and and uh, the Eagles finally lost that football game to to the to, to Heineke's, and then they bounced back. And we had, know, some, we had some big statement games this week. In week, yep, two. they struggled against the Colts, and you're like, oh, okay, which team is going to show up? And then the last few weeks, they, they've been sort of putting it back together. And this is the, the direction you want to be going. And I think, you know, we talked about last year, beginning of the year, where Nick Sirianni seemed to learn his lesson when he realized that you can't throw Jalen Hurts 85 times a game. And they sort of got away from that again, that they tried to lean on, on the pass a little bit. And, you know, now that they're balanced, this game notwithstanding, you feel good in the direction in, in which you're going. So, yeah, I think what Breach said is, is spot on. And, you know, whether you believe in revenge games or not, there's no disputing that A.J. Brown just took over that game and there were zero answers. Um, And it also, this is also the reason that people on the outside who don't live in Nashville think the Titans are just like a, they're just a team half the time. Because they they show up on, this isn't a national televised game, but they show up and get get their asses kicked. Uh, You talk about the Bills game earlier, and then people that don't pay attention to to Nashville week in and week out are like, okay, they're, they're just an okay team. But when you watch a little closer, they play a lot of really good football, but it seems like the timing is just not great. Going back to the sort of the playoff loss last year to the Bengals with how terrible Tannehill played. Um, Titans so, are still going to clinch the division like next week. I'm not disagreeing with any of that. I'm just saying yeah. the perception of the Titans. They're not people don't consider the Titans world beaters because of games like this sort of stick in your memory. I think it's like if you're talking about what kind of breakfast you want to have, the Eagles are like a delicious like bacon egg, bacon egg and cheese sandwich or like like some like you know, exotic bread with like a, you know, like some sort of like yeah. uh, aioli. And then the, the Titans are like a bowl of vanilla yogurt. Not, they're like just healthy toast. Like they're not, vanilla yogurt is too exciting for them. I mean, you'd be like, oh, I'm I mean, and, and girl, like Derrick Henry's obviously an incredible, incredible player, but you know, it's just like, well, I mean, he got hurt last year and they showed up in the playoffs and he was ineffective. And that's just sort of, he didn't do anything today. Not entirely his fault, but you know, you want your players to show up when it matters. And I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm not, I don't want, I don't want anybody to think we're accusing Derrick Henry of being plain toast. That's all. Okay. Uh, Billy, you want to hop on and give us your? Uh, I need a refill. You want to hop on and tell us your? Uh, give us your thirty second rundown of your your Phil- our Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, there it is. I don't know if it's our, but yeah, I'll, I'll say a little something. I mean, is it? Can we just like come to the agreement that Jalen Hurts is the MVP? He's finally a top. He's, plus, he's now plus one. Se- he's plus one seventy now at William Hill. Right, he's the favorite now. He's the no, favorite. No, Holmes is still favorite. Uh, is he the favorite? That's not what I saw last. But ne- neither here or there. I mean, at this point, Jalen Hurts really just gave you whatever you wanted these last few weeks. If you wanted him to run the ball and be a quote-unquote running back and and quote-unquote Ryan Wilson, the best running back he's seen, then he's done that. He, he was able to do that for you last week against the Green Bay Packers. But then if you want to say, hey, I need you to throw from the pocket. I need you to, I need you to carve up a defense like Peyton Manning or like a Tom Brady. Well, he was able to do that as well. He actually has – what I think he has the highest QBR rating in the pocket out of any quarterback this season so far. 
So it's just like, he's really been able to give you the best of both worlds. And there's just nothing you can say. And there's no holes that you can poke in his game right now because he's playing at a high level. And you could talk about Patrick Mahomes and how well he's playing and the amount of numbers that he's putting up. But at the end of the day, Jalen Hurts is winning those games that Patrick Mahomes is losing. Patrick Mahomes lost to the Colts. I, people forget about it, but he did. He lost to the Colts. So it's like the games are about numbers, but it's also about that main number on your record, which is wins and losses. And Jalen Hurts is winning that battle this year. Breach, are you voting for Jalen Hurts as your MVP? I think right this second, I would probably vote him MVP. But, you know, you don't vote on MVP till the end of the regular season. Maybe Joe Burrow goes 5-0 and down the stretch, and I vote for Joe Burrow. So, but right now, I do think I'm on the Billy train right now. I find a vote today. Really great stuff. Maybe Jalen Hurts. now is now is in agreement with me about Jalen Hurts. Now that... Now that what Patrick Mahomes is out of the question, and um, I don't think Mahomes is out. I mean, no, 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 Patrick Mahomes is obviously still in the question, but like you know, Josh Allen is now out of the question. He's not an MVP candidate anymore. Two is out. You better slow down. You better slow down. No, no, no. no. Here's here's Brinson walked on and blindly said, "Good stuff, Billy." When you didn't even know Billy Billy said you smelled like a bird bath. (laughs) No, no, I was being sarcastic (laughs) because I hadn't listened to anything Billy said. Um, here, here are the odds at, at Caesars right now. Patrick Mahomes minus one ten. He was minus one fifty, I think. So he came back. Okay. Uh, Hertz was five to one, up to the plus one seventy. Burrow all the way up to ten to one now. I think Burrow is a really interesting bet right there at ten to one. I, you'd like to have better odds, but I don't. I don't hate that. Josh Allen eleven to one. Tua Tagovailoa twelve to one. Would anyone like to guess who the next person is and what their odds are? Read the names again there. So Mahomes, Allen, Tua. Those Mahomes, Hurts, Burrow, Allen, Tua. The next person is pretty far down. Oh, you mean the odds-wise, not, not the yeah. list-wise. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, that is the correct team. Kirk Cousins. It's Kirk Cousins yeah. at 80 to 1 is next. I, tied I, with Lamar Jackson. I knew I take, it. My, That's, That's insane. I take JJ over Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson, actually the next name after Lamar Jackson, though, which is kind of interesting. Um, and then Geno Smith and Tyreek Hill and Tom Brady at 100 to 1. So, I mean, do we believe that the MVP race has narrowed down Sam to, Bruce that, Smith to that the- list of five people? Well, and, Sam and Bruce- I, and I, I think you could take Tua off personally after yeah. that San Francisco game. Now, Sam Bruce Smith in the comments makes a joke I was going to make. Brock Purdy's 15 to 1, so keep a name on it. Keep an eye on Brock Purdy. Yeah, I had a Brock Purdy on here. No, I wouldn't take two off. Uh, they they have some tough games. They have to play at New England at Buffalo in two weeks and then four weeks. If he balls out there, he'll be right back in the car. He had one bad game. So, I, I mean. But, but, but I don't think it was one bad game, though, Wilson. You think, like, I mean. If he had gone in and beaten the 49ers today, Brinson would be talking differently about two. Or he would be. He would oh, be. He but would, he didn't. That's the yeah, point, he, I think. Right. I mean, I've got five games left. He hasn't. Oh, boy. I don't want to do this. I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> he uh, has he beaten a good defense? I guess he beat the Bills. Beat the Steelers. Relax. <laughs> I was just, all I, happy now. Just wait until they lose. The I'm just saying, four. like, leading up leading up to the San Francisco game where Tua, it felt not like I don't see Tua got exposed, just that, like, and again, like, Kyle Shanahan knows what. You know what Mike McDaniel's going to do. There's some, there's some of that there too. But like, he beat the Steelers, the Lions, the Bears, the Browns, and the Texans. Okay, what's that? What does that mean? And Those he lost not- to the he lost to the best defense on planet Earth. 
Yeah, I, and they, they not, had a chance to to get it close to the, uh, before. On, on, okay, I'm not trying to crap on Tua, but I do think in the MVP conversation that it will be difficult yeah. to overcome right now. But I'm saying if he balls out over the next four weeks, if three straight road games, that's my point. That's what he's going to have to do. Yeah, like he's not playing the Texans three times. I, I think they have to win the division. Oh, sorry, they have two more, two more regular season. They just play San Francisco. Let's look at that. No, that's Breach's rule. So you're right. They do have to win the division. Yeah. So I think that's that's probably their biggest hurdle to overcome because if I think I think Hurts, I mean, you can't bet Hurts at plus 170, obviously, but like I okay. I think there's a really good case for Jalen Hurts to win the award if the Eagles keep rolling. Um, you know, the Chiefs, Mahal, people. There is always like a sort of a another there's recency bias that comes into these things. Oh, by the way, Pete Prisco told me I didn't know this until like Friday. They do a five person ballot now. Did you know that? No, I didn't know how they did it at all. It used to be you should get one vote. Now you do get five votes. I, I, I'm, I'm ashamed for not knowing that. Like I'm embarrassed because that matters when you're picking out these awards. But like Pete Prisco could put Josh Allen one, Mahomes two, two or three and Hurts four. I'm not saying he should do that, but if he did that, it would dramatically. Yeah, of course, there's an article on CBSSports.com. Thanks, Breach. Um, did you see the byline? I'm sure it's yours. Uh, <laughs> but like, it, and also, it, Jonathan Jones broke that story in September. Okay, I just, I just missed it. Yeah, I'm just helping everybody. I'm giving everybody a no, shout no, 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 out. No, no, I missed. It. I completely missed it. All, why did Why did they change it? Why did they announce it in September? They didn't. Jones broke it, and then they announced it in November. So they just announced it like recently, right? Yeah, they literally oh, yeah, just maybe, announced yeah, it was, in the past ten. Days. It wasn't. It, I, it wasn't something they said in the off season, which is when you should right. say it if people are betting on awards markets. Because it. But our colleague, about it. our colleague, told us in September. Okay, that's what <laughs> well, you didn't know either, Wilson. It, it happened. It happened during. I don't bet, this, I don't bet awards markets, preach. But you right, but to Brent's point, it, it is odd that they didn't announce this prior to the season, and that they decided in November when they finalized the decision that this was going to happen. It's, and yeah. it changes the complexity of the voting. It changes everything about the voting. Like now, instead, it was before. Like you got X number of votes. That's why Russell Russell Wilson's. Oh, that's a shame. He still is not going to get his MVP of vote. Like, like, because that's why he never got one because you only got one person to fill in. Now, I think with the fifty people you have voting for stuff, if you're going to have some weird, some from some more, some much more dramatically different outcomes of these awards because, like, Jalen Hurts is going to get. Like, you know, he's not going to get like he's going to get like a bunch of he could get a bunch of second place guys, and you have a bunch of people who put him first. It could flip the vote where he jumps Mahomes, whereas before you know, you know what I'm saying, like before it would have just been Mahomes. And I think that's actually how the NBA does it, and has has done it for years. Wow. Is they get like top five for MVP voting. Yeah, they do Heisman's do it that team. way, and the NBA has never had a tie atop the voting. Unlike the NFL, which has had two ties, because that's what happens when you only have fifty people voting and they can only vote for one person. But the MVP, <laughs> the NBA MVP, has been given to some bad people before, like some incorrectly un undeserving. Mm. Trying to think which one. Who is it? Carl Malone who stole it from Shaq or Jordan? Carl Malone. They're just like they're like bored with giving it to Jordan, so they gave it to Carl Malone twice. It's like, come on, man. Like, I mean, we could know. also go to last year, you know. And and beach who got MVP, but you know, it's whatever, you know. All right, that's been your Philly minute here on the Pick Six Podcast. Thanks, Billy. <laughs> um, Nikolai Jokic, back to back MVP winner in the NBA is what Billy's referring to. How long can the Vikings sustain what they're doing, Wilson? Well, last year 
They were they won eight football games and they won every game or lost every game by one score. It felt like so they just won by five. They could have lost to the Jets. Mike White uh, made some mistakes early, got red hot late. Uh, they beat the Patriots by seven. They got their doors blown off by thirty-seven by the Cowboys. Um, they won by three against the Bills. So I'm just going back chronologically. Uh, beat Washington by three. Beat the terrible Cardinals team by eight, and that's up to their bye week. So. The answer is it's not sustainable. And yes, they're 10 and two, but if you, you know, the old mess around with fire long enough, you're going to get burned situation. It feels like it's going to happen. And it's going to happen next week, Breach, when they go to Detroit and face my Detroit Lions. Um, yeah. Maybe not. We'll see. And, you know, they're winning the division and they're going to the playoffs. But I think it's a situation where, you know, we were talking about Brock Purdy winning the playoff game would be something close to a miracle, but nothing more than that in all likelihood. Breach, are you, you think this football team, the way they're playing can win two playoff games. No, <laughs> no, 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 I don't think so. no. And here's, here's the reason why is that they're likely actually, no, I think they can win a playoff game. I'm just not sure about two. Right. I, I think it will actually, you know what? Yeah. I think it will depend on what happens with the 49ers in their playoff game, because you know, you, you re, obviously recede after the, you know, the, the number one seed gets the lowest round, right? Or the lowest seed. Remaining the worst seed. remaining seed, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if Minnesota – let's say – let's say, you know, we can – we'll hold this for the NFL playoff, NFC playoff picture talk. No, but my overall point is that given the way they're playing, based on the question you asked me, they're not winning two playoff games. It, the probability of they're winning two playoff games feels like it's about 20%. I think that there's a pretty good chance – well, it, it just depends. If, if they have to face one of the – NFC East teams, Philly or Dallas, in the second round of the playoffs, I do not think they will win two. If they can somehow finagle their way into getting you know, Seattle or Giants or Washington or Detroit in the second round, then yes, they could win two. I would two. argue if they had the first overall seed and had a week off, they would not win two playoff games. They, they're they not as good a football team as the Titans were last year. And the Titans ran into the buzzsaw that was Cincinnati Bengals, perhaps unluckily, to make up a word, but again, my point is that when you win every game by one score or less, the chances that you win two football games is not flipping the coin twice. Right. And I'm just saying, like, there's a very good chance because the Eagles are 11 and one and the Cowboys are nine and three, there's a very, very good chance that the second place team in the NFC East ends up being the fifth seed in the playoffs, which, if, um, you know, would play the, like, if Chalk Holds would play the one seed, but if there's, a single upset in the first in the wild card round, the NFC side would play, you know, then you would, if you're Minnesota, you would end up getting that fifth seed. Let me, let's say something quickly. Senior football in the comments says Vikings had that type of year last year, Ryan, in terms of like, uh, this is a regression back to winning close games. Justin Jefferson is him this year. As long as Jefferson is healthy, the Vikings have a chance. Absolutely. But this is the anomaly last year. Like when you're playing mediocre football, you win half your games. They win no, no, nine no, no. When, when you no, no. one score games, you should be around 500. Right, that's what I'm saying. And yeah, like nine and zero is not is not sustainable. This is right. This is the uh, moving away from the regression to to the mean. So it's not regression. You don't re regress to winning. You regress to being mediocre. Um. So yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying, and I, I do agree. Justin Jefferson is one of the best players of football, but this is just not sustainable. That's the only thing I'm saying. No, I I I, I agree, and it, it sucks because we're not saying the Vikings aren't good. We think I think the Vikings are good. They clearly have the talent on offense and defense at all all different levels 
to succeed. They are 10 and 2. They're winning what do you a say to of- this, though? Brian Jay, who's a fervent fan and a Vikings follower, says the, y'all are focusing on the numbers instead of the on the field play. What does that mean to you? Um, I, I just say you can't you can't win that many one score games in perpetuity. It's right, and, and that's not uh the Vikings can't win. It's it's NFL teams can't win it because the game is played with an inflated piece of pigskin that's oblong and bounces in funny ways, and football takes bizarre twists and turns. It, it's just it, it, eventually you're going to lose some one score games, even if you didn't deserve to lose them. It's just going to happen. Um, I, I do think you look at the Vikings and I mean they have some they have some good wins this year. Oh, a lot Packers of good wins. One, yeah. And the Bills, you know, the, the Jets Jets win, good win. The Patriots win. Kirk Cousins in primetime was awesome. The Buffalo yeah. was one of the most exciting games of the season. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just and look, it's in a in an NFL season with a t- with a ton of parity and a bunch of mediocre teams. The Vikings have found ways to get through and squeak out these wins. I do think you develop a certain sort of uh, vibe about a team when you're winning these games too, where you're like, all right, maybe this is just, maybe this is just our season. I wouldn't put it. I, I think they could easily be in the NFC championship game. I just would, if I were setting the, if, if I said the over under at one and a half playoff games that they win, I think most people are probably taking the under. Maybe if I can take the over, I'm not sure. I mean, when we talk about them advancing, you just look at their schedule and you see they've played two good NFC teams yeah. and they got smoked both times. And that's I, that's what I'm afraid of with the Vikings. In hindsight, I mean, obviously hindsight is really easy. I wish that I had been in on the Vikings division futures. Like the idea that there's no receivers in Green Bay and you look at the schedule for Minnesota and you know you buy into the idea that Kevin O'Connell is a really good head coach. And we'll, you know, we'll maximize the offensive output from this team in a way that, you know, Mike Zimmer didn't. Um, yeah, I, I, I think they're a really good team. And by the way, just to be clear, as someone who lives in Central New York, I watched every single play of the Jets game today, which included the Vikings and the Bills game, which also included the Vikings when they played. So, you know, you can say that we're not watching the games if you want. That's fine. At watching. the end of the day, this is a team that's that's not beating their opponents by a lot. And you can be mad about it, and that's fine. Be angry. That's fine. Be angry, and I hope it, it hopes your it wills your team to victory. But don't take that on on us because your team is playing average football. Now, I love Justin Jefferson. I love Pat P. I love Dalvin Cook. I love Dalvin Cook. I love Kevin O'Connell. I kind of love Kirk Cousins. Kirby at one p.m. is great. Kirby at eight p.m. not so great. So I mean, look. Well, I mean, the other thing too is like the Jets have a great defense. We know that. Um, but like, if you look at these stats, I mean, my I mean, Mike White threw for three hundred seventy yards. Garrett Wilson, who's a rookie, had eight catches, and he's an awesome rookie. Had eight catches for 160 yards. And my boy, Bam Knight, 15 carries for 90 yards. Like, if an undrafted free agent rookie is, is there, it is. For, <laughs> I was looking for that. <laughs> NC State, go ahead. I said Bam was going to have a good game this week, and he did. He also caught uh, five passes for 28 yards. Should have scored a touchdown, but they did. And the Jets, the Jets should have could have won that game and, and should have covered that game easily. They were terrible in the red zone. Good job by the Vikings down by the goal line. Uh, but I'm saying if, if an undrafted rookie's coming in and running for six yards of carry against your defense, you know, it's, you know, and he had one long run, but that's, it's a concern. You know, it's a little concerning. 
Yeah, but they're going to the playoffs. And they're, they're, the playoffs. they're going to the playoffs. Yeah, and you get in the playoffs, anyone can win, especially this season. So I'm sorry yeah. that we seem like we're crapping on the Vikings every week, but every week they win by one score. And by the way, <laughs> if you guys are getting your feelings hurt, look at poor Breach here. We dunked on him all last year, and his team went to the Super Bowl. And then he Five, cried ten years of dunking on me. Yeah, see? Ten years. Well, all right. So if anything, it's, it's, it's a blessing. <laughs> Don't right. you put that evil on me! Yeah, it's a blessing. Uh, run down How good is Christian Watson? He's very good. You want to hear us? Actually, this is this Packers is win twenty eight nineteen. By the way, over the Bears. This is a tweet supporting you, Brinson. I don't see that often. Sure. Um, on November first, that was around the trade deadline because the trade deadline is usually around Halloween. That's when uh, Chase Claypool was traded for that incredibly high second round pick that Brinson absolutely hated. Um, and since that time. Christian Watson has 17 catches, 337 yards, seven uh, receiving touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. Chase Claypool has, has 12 catches for 111 yards. Did it. <laughs> and he, he had, oh, and he had a fumble. Okay, down hard. And he had a fumble today as well. He had five catches for 28 yards today. How do you do that? Uh, if you've watched any Chase Claypool, it would be not that uncommon. But Christian, the thing with Christian Watson is, and I just looked this up too since I had my, my, um, Notes from last year opened with the draft talking about Brock Purdy. Christian Watson was my wide receiver six behind Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jamison Williams, who I think was supposed to play today. I don't know if he came out there. He's, or not. he's been activated. He'll play next week, I think. Okay. Traylon Burks, Burks and Chris Olave. And then Christian Watson was sure. six. Obviously, he had a very slow start to the season, but he's an FCS guy. Didn't play two years ago because of COVID. Played in a run heavy offense with Trey Lance. So there was going to be a learning curve, and people were down on him. He dropped that very first throw of the game, the 75 yard touchdown throw the season, excuse me, and that sort of set the tone. And then he's progressively gotten red hot. He's a track kid from Tampa, so he can run, and we've seen that. And now he's catching footballs. And we saw that in, you know, if you're me, my 720p television. Uh, and it was – it's fun to watch. So great for him. Chase Claypool, how about you get your head out of your, your butt and start making plays and so Brinson does – No, no, no. Chase Claypool, you stink and, and make me look – Smart. The Bears have a decent chance to get the number one overall pick, so they could give away the 33rd overall pick. Uh, would not be a good look. Packers have wow, it's a great, great stat. Most receiving touchdowns by a rookie in a four game span seven. Christian Watson ties Odell Beckham and Randy Moss. The Packers have so right the Rams, the Dolphins on the road, the Vikings at home, and the Lions at home. They're not getting to the playoffs even if they run the table, right? Right, like this is the conversation. Uh, you have your bye week coming up. You, Aaron Rodgers got to beat the Bears, the team he owns, and now you sit down and you say, "Look, Aaron, if we're gonna play Jordan Love, now's the time to do it. We can kind of integrate him into uh, start taking first team reps this week. We don't play in week fourteen. You can go and do whatever you want and just be pals with him and and don't say anything crazy out in public." Uh, uh, hard disagree. I think, and I and I know I said you should sit him. I I think with four games left and a bye coming up to sort of get healthy at five and eight, like Rodgers has made too many of these runs in the past to not at least give it a shot. Particularly when you look at the NFC and you're like, all right, we're, I mean, we're we're not in great shape, but we're you love old people. It's weird because you don't like me very much. So Packers and Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game. Who are you taking? I would take Tampa Bay. Jesus. What do you tell? You tell Aaron Rodgers, if you're Matt LaFleur, you say, all right, one more loss, whenever it is, you're out. Like, we're going to Jordan. 
Because at nine losses, they're not going to the playoffs. Uh, nine losses ever, yeah. I think that's a simple conversation then. <laughs> well, for, for one person it is. The other person, maybe not so much. Uh, as, your, as your percentage chance, uh, percentage change that Aaron Rodgers will return, Wilson? Next year? Yeah. Oh, it's less than 10%. You had five point. I've been running 5.5 by people. They, they think it's insane. Is that what I said last year? Uh, last week? Last week, yeah. Oh, I'll stay with 5.5. Okay. Uh, Raiders. Shout out Josh McDaniels. Raiders won again. 27 to 20. Josh Jacobs has been insane this year. And Devontae Adams, a monster game. Eight catches, 177 yards, and two touchdowns. Josh Jacobs, 26 carries, 144 yards, and a score. The Raiders win 27-20 over the Chargers. Oh, wow. Would be the only the second duo in NFL history with 1,600 rush yards and 1,600 receiving yards. They're on pace for it. Joining Emmett Smith and Michael Irvin in 1995. Um, that Cowboys team probably not five and seven through four weeks, but the Cowboys, or the, the Raiders, excuse me, have now won three straight games and have significantly eased the pressure on Josh McDaniels. It's almost like that. As soon as Mark Davis is like, look, we're just, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not paying for this guy to get fired. I'm not firing this guy at this point. Um, bad loss for the Chargers in the sense that they are still trying to make a playoff run. Wilson, Justin Herbert had an incredible touchdown to Keenan Allen. Um, I think I think Brandon Staley would be like minus 250 to get fired versus Josh Allen. I mean, Josh McDaniels, excuse me. Well, yeah, Josh McDaniels didn't get fired. We know that. So. That's what I'm, I'm just, I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's just a, a strange plot twist from several weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, once a haircut made it known that Mark Davis, they were going to fire him and just sort of went with that. But yeah, in terms of what this means for the Chargers, it's not great. That's what that's one thing that it means. And it just feels like the, we talk about it every other week. It feels like the Chargers find ways to charge it up and lose football games. Luckily, a few weeks ago when they played the the Falcons, the, the Falcons outcharged them. And, you know, we talked about that at the time. But Eckler had a fumble in that game. He had an untimely fumble in this game. Um, Dicker, the kicker, missed his first kick as a member of uh the Chargers, that didn't help, and, and just feel like they things uh, started to, to pile on. And then they couldn't stop Derek Carr and or Josh Jacobs. And I think Josh Jacobs had a turnover early in that game, and, and the Chargers recovered it. And it, by the end, it didn't matter. So, you know, it's troubling w without question, but I, I don't know what the fix is because the offensive line is an absolute disaster, and they've had injuries. Rashawn Slater was hurt earlier in the year. Uh, the right tackle position has been a huge void for – two years now and um, Justin Herbert, excuse me, was running for his life for, for much of this game. And, you know, that's not sustainable. And when it's the, the case that the Raiders who had like two and a half sacks coming into this game, that's only a slight exaggeration. Good pass rush. I mean, like in terms of Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, they have, they've had no sacks. They, they have a talented pair of pass rushers. Ch Chandler Jones, Chandler is Jones not did nothing all season. He's had, I, 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 he had half a second. Just, Quit talking, and that way you don't talk yourself down a another cul-de-sac where you're, you're uh, having to moonwalk your way out of it. No, the, the their passer sucks. Max Crosby has been good. I think Chandler Jones had a half a sack coming to this game, unless he had some magical number. He had three today. I mean, what that to me tells you all you need to know about the Chargers' offensive line not being great when you can't slow down this group that can't generate a pass rush, can't generate turnovers, and you know I, I think. When the Derek Carr was crying a few weeks ago after whatever game it was they lost, I think he was right in that the team believes in Josh McDaniels, and it was more a, a player issue than a coach issue, whereas in 
Denver, for example, I think it may be the other way around, except for the player being Russ Wilson, but Nathaniel Hackett, of course. And I think they're finally buying in to, to what Josh McDaniels is selling. It's finally working, whatever. It, it appears to be clicking. And this team looks like the team that I thought was going to be a playoff team Can back in August. breach the Raiders make the playoffs? Uh, well, I was going to say the flip side, because you're talking about Josh McDaniels isn't on the hot seat anymore and how good the Raiders look. But to me, this is the game that squarely puts Brandon Staley on the hot seat. If he wasn't worried about his job before, I would at least be a little concerned now if I'm him. The Raiders literally tried to spot the Chargers, give them this game in the first quarter. Ryan, you mentioned the Josh Jacobs fumble. That was in the first quarter. Derek Carr threw a pick six in the first quarter. The Raiders punted twice in the fourth first quarter. They touched the ball four times in the first quarter, and bad things happened all four times. They were down 10-0 before they looked any functional at all in this game. And so if you're Brandon Staley and you're purported to be a, a defensive coach and a guy who specializes in defense, you cannot let the other team's two biggest offensive stars just kind of terrorize you, and that's what uh, – Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams did, as you guys mentioned. So, uh, yeah, it, the Chargers have a lot of talent. Their offensive line is obviously the huge issue, but you know you got to find a way to win. You can't go up ten nothing and blow that lead, especially against a Raiders team that is now just one game behind you in the AFC West. I think the, the Raiders are a better team than the Chargers. And to answer the question of whether or not they can make the playoffs, uh, I think they can get to. What do you, what do you think the percentage chances at five thirty eight? Uh, 11 16 uh, they got to win out though right according uh, to the breach model well i mean it's possible if the chiefs are resting starters in week 18 yeah that's so what they're going to they have the ra- so they're going to have john walford Michael jones or bailey zappy 10 days to prepare for the patriots yeah josh mcdaniel's uh, reunion in new england he knows how belichick prepares is going to be can he pick it on christmas eve raiders Brock, Brock Purdy, Purdy, and then maybe uh, Matt Moore. I mean, uh, I mean, um, sweet Jesus, Chad Henney. <laughs> Chad Henney's old. First of all, Pickett and Purdy going to go two and zero, oh, so you can mm-hmm. put that in the Chad Henney. Yes, thank you. Um, I I don't think it's insane. I think it's unlikely. The the one reason why you you sort of look at it and you're like, okay, I, I mean, the problem is the wild cards right now in in the AFC are Cincinnati, Miami, and the Jets. So you need one of – you basically need the Jets to fall apart. The, the Patriots game is going to probably decide it for them. Like if they, they get, Obviously, they lose the, the game to the Patriots. They're not, they're not going to get in because the Patriots will have a leg up on them in that spot. Well, to put it simply, if the Jets go two and three down the stretch, stretch the Raiders have to go at least four and one just to – Just to tie. Just to tie. And the Jets have the Bills this week. And then – the Lions at home, the Jaguars at home, at the Seahawks, and at the Dolphins. But the Raiders are the reverse Vikings. We talked about how the Vikings kept winning these one-score games. The Raiders just kept losing them earlier in the season, whether it was blowing that 20 nothing lead to the Cardinals, blowing a double-digit lead to mm. Jacksonville earlier this year, losing by one point to the Chiefs, failing on a two-point conversion against the Titans uh, back in September. I mean, they've had so many losses where they were just one play away, the coin flip, and that coin flip always went against them. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, NFC and AFC playoff look ahead. Next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. So, we've, we've touched on this a little bit. In the NFC, Philly won at 11-1, many 2-10-2. It feels like they're probably going to be locked into the one and two seeds, barring the only real situation I could see is uh, Dallas walking down Philly, which I think is pretty unlikely, but they're playing good football. Um, I mean, do you agree or disagree with the Philly and Minnesota almost borderline locked at one and two? Yeah, it feels like it. Yes. San Francisco has to hold off Seattle. I think Seattle is very much live to win that division right now. One game mm. back with Brock Purdy. You, you can say what you look, it's still it's still it's still a, a seventh round pick. No, no, that's not my point is that the Seattle's defense is non existent. And the 49ers defense is the best on the planet. You can get a long way with that and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. As Good opposed up. to Eugene Cyril Smith having to literally do everything. That uh Seahawks, Seahawks barely survived the Rams and Chuck Walford and Cam Akers and Tutu right. Atwell today. And they lost Ken Walker, who... He, oh, they did? Dang it. He was ruled out kind of quick, a little, little concerning. Uh, DJ Dallas took over the carries in the backfield, so that's a problem. But, I mean, DJ, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett went nuts. Uh, Tampa, I mean, Tampa Bay's locked into the four seed unless Atlanta can come up and catch them or Carolina or whatever. When you look at these wild cards, Dallas at nine and three, huge lead over the Giants in Seattle. Uh, so we Dallas is locked into the playoffs pretty much. Who would you pick to be your six and seven seeds in the NFC right now? Preach, go uh, ahead. I'm thinking. Uh, Wilson's, Wilson's debating if he wants to go Lions or not. <laughs> I think I will put the Seahawks in there, even though, man, they still have to play the Chiefs and the 49ers and the Jets. So they have some brutal brutal so they, so they get the 49ers are they like that's kind of sneaky i mean that's true I think, um, I, would, I think i would give one of the wild card spots to an nfc west team i'm gonna give it to the commanders and the seahawks yeah or whoever comes in second in nfc west yeah I, the, the, the giants still have to play the eagles twice and that to me is and they still play the vikings so they still have three games left against the top two seeds in the nfc Whatever happens, you're saying there will be no more than three teams from the NFC East. There's not going to be a four-team situation. No, they're not. They're not getting all four teams in. Yeah, I'll go with Seattle, and then you know, dealer's choice, Giants or, or 
Washington. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be the Lions. Although, hopefully, it would be fun if they win. I think out. I think there's a chance the the Giants go one and four down the stretch and finish eight eight and one. Um, and and if they do if that happens, let's make sure we do not diminish what the Giants did this season by looking you know by looking at the final record in the final few games because they suffered a bunch of injuries. They they were a much better team than uh, I think you know we expected coming into the year. I think I agree. One of the NFC West teams in. I really want to put one of the uh, one of the NFC North teams, either Detroit or Green Bay, in there. It's crazy. Not gonna be Green Bay. I mean, did you just say that the Giants? So we we just looked at the Giants' schedule, and the Seahawks' schedule is Panthers, 49ers, Chiefs, Jets, Rams. I mean, what do you mean? I it wouldn't be crazy if the Seahawks finished at nine and eight. And that might get in. Yeah, or it could get snaked by the Lions and the Packers. It's not gonna be the Packers. It's gonna be the Lions. Probably not. What about the Falcons? They're five and eight with the Packers. They just I lost to the Steelers. And yes. they scored Falcons get in, it's via the division. Or sixteen points or thirteen points, whatever it was. Get I, out of here. I think I <laughs> I mean Washington's playing pretty good too, but they like should have lost to the Giants today. Uh, obviously that tie can end up helping you down the road, but a win would have been much better. Uh many uh, Minnesota hosting Seattle, San Fran hosting the Giants, and Tampa hosting Dallas would be your first your wild card games. Who do you have coming out of those? Is it chalk? I assume you guys have Dallas beating Tampa Bay. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> I would not let Tampa Bay into the to the tournament if it were my if I had a decision. We should let Wilson run the NFL. I bet you. you guys. Can- I, I, I'm just like like firmly rooting for the Bucks to win the Super Bowl now, just to like shove it in Wilson's face. That's fine. I That'll said funny. And I said in August that I didn't think Tampa Bay this was going to be the year. If that happens, I'm going to pay for a pirate ship cake that Wilson has to eat. You know, Mike Leach is coaching in uh, in in Tampa Stadium for the uh, for the bowl game. The Double fame. pirate, the Gasparilla Bowl. Yeah, he's the pirate. He's coaching in the Gasparilla Pirate Stadium. Gasparilla Bowl. Is that what it's um, all about the gas. I, mean, I think I think Dallas would be favored. San Fran would be favored over the Giants, and Seattle is live to beat Minnesota in what would be like an insane noon, like the early game kick, the early Saturday kickoff. But but Minnesota certainly could would would be favored and would would probably beat them. I don't want to piss off the chat again. Um, Phillies, man, Philly things are if Philly stays healthy down the stretch, things are shaping up for them. This is a, it's this is a bad week for NFC playoff teams it just feels like from an injury perspective all right let's go to the afc buffalo now the one seed at nine and three tied with kansas city baltimore the three seed at eight and four tennessee seven and five is the four seed and then cincy miami and the jets eight and four eight and four seven and five for those teams as the wild cards um Buffalo is not locked in the division, but looks pretty good. They're a game up on Miami. Actually, I guess Miami has to. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a dog fight. Two games up on the Jets. Um, what What are your? I mean, we talked about Baltimore and Cincinnati. Kansas City looks more or less locked in that division, and Tennessee looks locked too. What What do y'all think about the wild cards here? Because there's a. It feels like a lot closer to some chaos could happen in the AFC maybe than the NFC. Yeah, Kansas City, they couldn't lose that game on Sunday, and they did for the third straight time to the Chiefs because now uh, to the uh, Bengals because now they're behind the Bills, and also I get well this isn't any grand proclamation, but I guarantee you they're going to rue losing to that 
you know, pile of dookie that is the Colts. I mean, they lost to the Colts, and yeah. that's going to be a huge issue. And Breach made this point, and I think it's a it's a good one. Breach, the Chiefs aren't out of the number one seed conversation yet. No, no the Chiefs aren't. And, and real quick, you know, you mentioned that the, the Chiefs the have, left twice. I thought the Bengals was the team from Sunday that could not afford to lose. I, th- like, that felt to me like the Chiefs had some margin for error because right now they're just tied for the top spot. Yes, they're number two because of the tiebreaker, but you're still right there. If the Bengals lose that game, they're a game back in the AFC North. They are tied with the Jets for the final wild card spot. So you're a step closer to not being in, but by winning it, you put yourself in the conversation for possibly getting the number one seed, and you now have a comfortable two-game lead over the eight seed so that you're in. I felt like this was more of a must-win game for the Bengals just because it feels like the Chiefs were getting in the playoffs no matter what happens in Cincinnati. But the Bengals weren't necessary, and their schedule's tough. And the Chiefs have the easiest remaining schedule. They're not going to lose a bunch of games down the stretch. They only play one more team that has a winning record. By the way, the, the 49ers are still nine to one to win the Super Bowl. That seems insane after you lose your quarterback. The, I, the, I was looking because the Bengals were down twelve to one. I have interest in the Bengals. The Bucks twenty-two to one. By the way, Wilson. So um, we're uh, we're all in agreement get- that of of the five and seven teams, the AFC: Vegas, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Vegas is clearly the best team of that bunch in terms of having the chance. I, Vegas, I mean, Vegas is two games back of the Jets. Like that's well, they all are. But and even though the Vegas plays in a tough division, that doesn't matter at this point because they're not winning it. Uh, the the schedule may certainly matter, but I, I I feel like it's not even close in terms of picking them over the other two clown outfits <laughs> to make a playoff. All right. Well, so who who are the teams that are below? Scroll down a little bit, Billy. So who are the teams that are below or five hundred or worse? The Pats, Chargers, Vegas, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh, right there. That's that's the limit. I mean, God knows we're not going to talk about Indy, but like of those, uh, of those Browns. Teams, what about the? Browns? If you had to pick one team that you think is the best sleeper to make the playoffs of those five teams, who is it? The Broncos. I'm going with Vegas. <laughs> Slap in the face. I I'm going with that. Vegas. The Chargers. I just can't trust them. I love the Chargers, but geez, so pizza injuries are pretty bad. Coaching is not great. Yeah, I would yeah. go with the Raiders also. Coach is okay. I'm not down. Right. Right. The, the offensive play calling is not great. Is the I mean the Patriots? Matt Patricia is a huge impediment. That's a problem. So the Patriots have to play. Patriots have the Cardinal. God, the Patriots in prime time next two weeks. Come on. At the Cardinals, at the Raiders, Bengals at home, Dolphins at home. And that will have been four weeks in a row by the time That's that runs Bills. over. God. Yeah. The Patriots have a rough schedule. Close with Bengals, Dolphins, Bills. And it's obviously with the setup where it's Bills and Chiefs are tied right now, it's very unlikely the Bills are going to be sitting their players in Week 18. And we know what they like to do. to the If they have a chance to knock the Patriots out of the playoffs in Week 18, Sean McDermott is going to go up top on them. <laughs> yeah, I would take – I think I would take the Raiders too. Can't yeah, I feel like that's yeah. pretty easy. As we sit there next week, we might feel completely differently, but based on what we just saw. I mean, just, I mean, you think about the Raiders, it's like, man, you could, like, if you just don't do, if you don't screw up one or two of the, what the, the Cardinals game where they blew the huge lead. And then. Yeah, Breach went through the list of games that they somehow found ways to lose. I mean, they could have two losses right now, realistically, but they (laughs) have seven. Let's settle down on that. No, Uh, Breach just went through the list. Of the, the, uh, the, the, the inventive was, ways they found to lose the ways they found to lose football games. I mean, they got shut up by the Saints and like stomped by the Jaguars. They lost to the Colts. 
They didn't get stomped by the Jaguars. They're up by double digits. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they've, sorry, they've given up two multiple. They've caught up double-digit leads. Multiple, that's like, that's multiple. exactly the point Breach was making. If they found ways to not lose double-digit games, they could be, you know. Ten and two. They could be in the pink as opposed to being in the white. Yeah. I, I think I think uh, seven and five is reasonable instead of ten and two, but sure. All right. Anything else from the playoff picture? No, I'm I'm concerned that you might be right about Tomlin getting to 500 too, which is you've had quite a run on not being wrong for who gets the number one seed. Five seconds, make a prediction in the AFC Chiefs. Bengals. I I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Uh, I don't want to steal Ryan's prediction, even though I want to, and obviously dressed Bills, but I'll say the Bills. So we all have a different guess. Did um? Did we we talked about? Did we talk about last week about like Joe Burrow's final four games of the season last year? That he went off. Yeah. Did we? Did I? Did I mention he's unbeatable in cold weather? So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just grab this real quick because I, I had it, I had it up uh, the other day, but I will find it in a second. 2021 Joe Burrow final four games that he played of the season. This is just uh, how does it advance? Get out of here. Um, there we go. Final four seasons. He sat week. He sat week uh, 18. Final four games. 76% completion percentage. <laughs> Joe. 370 yards passing per game. 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions. 12, or excuse me, 10.5 yards per passing attempt. Like, if that Joe Burrow shows up for the final month-ish of the season, the Bengals, we're going to have a whole lot of breach on our hands. Ha <laughs> ha. I'm going to wear right. more orange the more they win. More orange? Thanks for, watching. Thanks for listening. All right, do we need winners or losers? We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. All right, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Breach, for Wilson, I'm Brinson. See you guys later. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. He is far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.